Good evening, church. <laughs> the, <laughs> you guys can't see on the live stream. It, it's uh, it's empty in here. We got only a couple people here tonight, but uh, hope you can uh, watch us online if you're maybe snowed in, uh, if you're iced in, maybe, or maybe you're sick. There's a lot of sickness going around too. So uh, if you're online tonight, thanks for uh, joining us online, and uh, thank you guys for joining us here uh, in person tonight. Got a couple things we want to go through real quick. Uh, we believe that we're better together. Uh, that happens in small groups of people, and uh, we really do encourage you to get into a small group if you're not in one already. Uh, we met last night with our uh, adults group, uh, young adults, and uh, it was great. A really good group, and we've had some people back that haven't been able to make it the past couple months because uh, of sickness and holidays and uh, different things that happen throughout life. But the good thing about a small group is, uh, one, we're not tre- keeping track of attendance. And two, uh, whenever we get together, it's always like we've been meeting for the past several weeks because it's a community now that we've formed. And uh, that really does happen by meeting weekly in small groups. So if you're interested in that, just uh, head to guest services before you leave today or comment groups on this live stream if you're watching with us today. Uh, speaking of small groups, we've got a special opportunity that's uh, going to come up here in just a, few, uh, just a few weeks, really. Uh, Journey is so excited for this. We are partnering uh, with Celebrate Recovery, a uh, really, really cool thing that we're doing. And uh, that's beginning Monday, March 11th at 6, and those will continue to meet every Monday at 6 afterwards going forward. Uh, we want to give a special shout-out to two people that have partnered with us, uh, Samantha Carroll and uh, Penny Willett. They'll be here tomorrow. And uh, thank you to both of you ladies for doing that and uh, partnering with us and getting us set up with Celebrate Recovery. And uh, please share the word, uh, spread this around to anyone that could benefit from any of these meeting times. We're so excited for this, and it's another small group that we are uh, pleased to welcome into this building. Now, Journey, we are collecting something else here. Uh, We are collecting pillowcases now for Shady Lawn. Uh, Our friends at Shady Lawn have undergone some new management, and uh, they are in need of some pillowcases now. So our goal right now is to collect at least 80 pillowcases if we get more than that. Uh, hey, that's great. We'll take, they'll take anything we can give them for sure. But 80 is the goal. So you can drop any donations into the black tub that's going to be over here by the stage. It'll be there next weekend. You can drop that in. Or you can give to the Tide Jug Ministry. And any of the proceeds for the next couple weeks will go towards that as well. So easy way to help if you want to get involved. Uh, just grab some pillowcases at Walmart or whatever and just drop them in there. Or just give your pocket change to the Tide Jug Ministry. Discover Journey is scheduled for Sunday. March 17th following service. Letters are going out this next week. Uh, They will go out this next week to anyone that is newer to Journey that hasn't done a Discover yet. Uh, It's about an hour talk that we get to kind of open up our playbook uh, to new people. And that's a really cool thing that we can do to just kind of open up about our stories and how we got to be here as uh, staff and elders here at Journey. So uh, if you're new, letters will be sent out here in just a couple of days. And uh, we're excited for that too. Also excited for Easter. Easter weekend is coming, and uh, the groundhog, so far, he's wrong. Spring's not here just yet, as we saw this past weekend. Uh, But it'll be here in hopefully next month, and uh, we're so excited for you to join us at Journey. Uh, Join us Saturday, March 30th at 6, or Sunday, March 31st at 1030, as we celebrate the resurrection together. Now we're in a current series called Zip It. Uh, Today's message... We're talking about criticism. Everyone really is a critic sometimes, uh, but we should zip it a little bit when it comes to our criticism. Let's go ahead and get started.
I'm going to turn and look at these guys. <laughs> There's four of these fellas and girls sitting over here on this corner. And it is a small group. Uh, weather probably got us. Brian has talked about Mr. Groundhog. We can we can blame it on him, I guess, Mr. Groundhog. He jumped the gun a little bit. There's uh, Armadillo Bob. Did you see Armadillo Bob at Beehive Cave in Texas? He also joined in, chimed in with uh, Puxatawney Phil. Said that it's uh, going to be a early spring. So you can get upset at uh, Armadillo Bob or Punxsutawney Phil, either one. It's okay. <laughs> so, and it fits with my lesson here tonight. Man, I'm, I'm just going to talk to you guys, and I hope it's helpful. And you guys that are listening online or catch this a little later, it's a short message. Um, zip it is what we probably should do. And, and last weekend I brought up how, how easy it is to complain too much. Just tell everybody that I'm living in Green Acres. I've got the best farm you ever seen. I got the best truck you ever rode in. I got the smartest kids that go to school anywhere. And then you find out that your truck truck won't start and your cows look skinny and ain't no more hay in the barn. And you move from Green Acres to Belly Acres and don't even know what happened. Amen? <laughs> Heck yeah. So here's how it goes. Complaining and criticism are the first two steps. And really setting up our failure in relationships. It'll kill every friendship and relationship. When you become a consistent complainer and critic, and then next weekend we'll wrap this up, part three, which is where you begin to talk about people when they're not in the room. And it's none of your business anyway. That's called gossip. <laughs> so when you put those three together, it really is a, it's a bad deal. So we're trying to be more like Jesus. And journey is not perfect. We're all just people. Jesus is. And sometimes, you know, our words get loose. They get out of our mouth and we really don't know what happened. And we can't get them back. And... uh it begins to wear thin on our friendships and relationships when you complain all the time or you have a you have a critical spirit about everything. You criticize everything. It seems like an old set of tires that's out of line, and you wear them out. You just wear people out when you act that way, and you don't know when to just zip it. So, you know, I'm trying to guide us all through some thoughts that are in the Bible. So let's start with this one. Let me start with this verse in James where we ought to line things up again before we wear everybody thin with our complaining and criticism. James says, if anyone considers himself all lined up with God, rolling down the highway there, if anyone considers himself religious and yet does not keep a tight rein on his wagging tongue, he deceives himself and his 
his religion, going to church, reading the Bible, posting stuff on Facebook about God, if you don't take care of your tongue, all that other stuff kind of becomes less important. Amen? Yeah, that, that's the lesson. So I'm not talking to any one person. I'm talking to all of us, and I'm just saying that this really is, it is something we all have probably regretted, and I know I have. I know it has happened sometimes in my own life where I wish I hadn't said it or hadn't said it that way. And and it doesn't really have to be some kind of really evil, wicked, kind of nefarious complaining and criticism like, you know, you're really evil. You're really a bad person. It doesn't have to be that. I mean, we see plenty of examples like that where people are just terrible. They're just their words are just terrible and they're not happy about anything in life and they're not happy about anybody in life. It's in politics, it's in education. Sometimes it's a neighbor across the road. Sometimes we're that neighbor. I'm just saying we do know that when we see it, like people are just not nice. They're not nice and they're not nice with their words. And heck, I mean we we know all about that. But sometimes it happens to us who are trying to do better. And it's not on purpose. It's just that our words get loose and get out. And, you know, it happens. It happens to everybody. Preachers and people that go to church. Heck, I've told you guys this before. about Con The crazy things that happen. Looking back, Connie, about all of our many years in churches and how things work in churches and how you do things in churches, and there's every church has it different, but one of the things that I laughed about, and I've told in sermons many times, is, is how, you know, when I started preaching as a youth minister with the guy who was the senior minister in Texas, I was trying to do the same thing that he was doing, like Brian's trying to do the same thing that I'm doing. He's trying to take some notes and say, I want whatever that big guy at the trough, whatever that guy, Bobby D, the big hog at the trough, whatever he does, I want to try to do that too. So Brian's taking some notes, and I did the same thing as a youth minister, so they give me a prayer list to pray, and on the prayer list, I was supposed to pray about all these things, and I told you guys this before, like, what a goober I felt like when I was trying to, you know, act like I knew what I was doing, and I really didn't know what I was doing, but I was, I looked good, I was trying to sound good, and I just got on this prayer request where I just wouldn't let it go, and I was praying for somebody and I had it all mixed up. I thought that they were going to have a baby. They already had a baby. Heck, the baby must have been three years old or something. I don't know. And here I am thinking to myself, I'm praying for a healthy, safe delivery for a brand new baby. And I just wouldn't quit. I just kept going, man. I just kept praying like, holy God, praise God. Oh, God, would you help? I mean, I don't know how many thank you gods and please gods. I just kept going, you know. And... About halfway through my prayer here, it just got longer. I, everybody started laughing in the room. And I was like, are they laughing at me? I'm thinking as I'm praying, talking to God, like, what, what are they so funny? Well, I finally said amen, and it was all over. I went on and did my duty, and I had my message. But, man, when I shook the hands out the back door, you talk about having fun with me. Did they all have fun with me? They introduced me to the baby I prayed for. It's miraculous. Look how big this baby is. It's already born. <laughs> you know. Oh, my, what a goober. Say, goober? We do that. It's, and it's not because you're trying to do it or trying to be a bad guy. It just, it, things get, you know, things get careless with our words, even when we're trying really hard. Man, you're trying to make an impression with some girl you're going to go out on a date with. 
and you got all smelling good, and you know you got your best clothes on that you got in the closet. You shined your shoes, and you did everything. And the next thing you know, you said something stupid. You know, you're buying the dinner and the meal and trying to, you gave away a flower. I mean, you were putting on your best that you got, you know. Next thing you know, something flew out of your mouth like, called her the wrong name, your old girlfriend or something. I don't know, that's a dumb idea. Say, dumb idea? Yeah, dumb idea. But we do it. So it happens to us. And we have to ask God to help us. And he does. And so when you let things slip out, slip away and get loose and feel like a goober like I've done, like I just described, it's okay. Uh, it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to mess up. Just don't stay, you know, just don't stay messed up. That's why we have grace and that's why we take communion and that's why we turn ourselves in. As we come in every weekend, as our friend Phil used to tell us, Phil, Darter, God bless him, he would come in and he says, I'm, so, I'm sober, I've got my 37-year chip and I'm here to turn myself in again so I can stay sober another day. You know, he would admit to everyone in the room that he was here every single time to surrender all over to God. And, and so all of us, we're, we're doing this and it is a, something we have to do together and God will help us. But uh, there's no, you know, there's no perfect way to do it. Loose lips sink ships. He was a Navy guy. It is the truth. It was on Navy posters in World War II, and Phil knew what he was talking about. So when we get careless with words and things happen and we have loose lips when it comes to God, we have to bring it in. We have to reel it in. We have to ask God to help us zip it sometimes and not say anything. James chapter 1 and verse 26 says, If you claim to be a religious person, you claim to have a relationship with God, if you claim to love God and love people, but don't control your tongue, you're kidding yourself, right? That's what it says. That's what that says. I know people that go to church religiously every single week. Say they love God. You do too. Say they love the church, they love their neighbor, but they their tongue gets loose and they betray themselves and they say stuff they ought not say. And it can sound like a big old fat complaint. They're complaining about everything. They're not satisfied with anything. Or, or they're critical of everything. They criticize everything. You've met people like this. Some of them are related to us. And sometimes it's been us. And so it's really important that... Uh, we try to do this better. There's a lot at stake here when you're trying to represent God and you're trying to represent His church. So you can't just uh, kind of scoot this aside and say this is for somebody else. So this is for all of us. So let's pull in just a little bit. And if you're taking some notes, you might want to write this line down. People who constantly criticize other people don't realize the damage they're doing. I think that's the truth. You, you don't you don't really fully understand the damage that can be done with what we're saying that's critical or complaining. So why do we do it? Here's three here's three ideas that's probably at the root of the problem of why we don't zip it sooner than later. Say zip it. 
We do zip it, but sometimes too late. <laughs> we already said it. So why don't we get this straightened out sooner? Here's, here's number one. Take a few notes. I only got three, and then we'll do communion. The first one has to do with jealousy. It's the honest and goodness truth that um, sometimes we're destructive in our relationships, com complaining and criticizing because of our jealousy. Proverbs chapter 10 says, A heart at peace, a heart at peace gives life to the body and everybody in the room. But when you're envious or jealous of, of someone else, and what, whatever good is going on in their life, it begins to rot the bones. So the Proverbs chapter 14 passage, verse 30, that I'm just reading, uh, I said Proverbs 10, I think, but Proverbs chapter 14, verse 30, I, it's a biology lesson. It's a bit of a biology lesson in the verse, and it describes some of the biology that happens in our body when we get sick. Now, Brian was talking about everybody that's been sick in our community. Connie, my wife, has been to the doctor. She's had a sinus infection. Connie, my sister, has been to the doctor. She's got an upper respiratory infection. Man, just about everybody we know at school or at work or somewhere, we've all had colds, and somebody's got something, and some of us have had surgeries, and some of us need to have surgeries. So it's a biology science verse that tells us something we already know. If you get a little germ or a virus, and if you get a cell that's called a cancer cell, it'll kill you. It's like it will rot the bones inside you. It will go into your bloodstream. It'll go into your vital organs. It can literally uh, take our life. Say amen. So we realize that. We understand the biology and the physical part of health. And that's what, that's what we're trying to discover with this Proverbs chapter 14. That, that the words that get loose that we let go of are like something in the room that's a germ. Don't sneeze on me. Don't cough on me. You'll give me what you have. And so when it's a complaint or a criticism and it's negative... And it's destructive, and it's about jealousy and envy. It's like this germ that got loose and got inside the room and gets inside of us, and it begins to rot away like bone cancer would begin to, would begin to destroy your own life. The relationships that we have with other people, our spirit and our soul and our attitude and our, our negativity and our all those kind of things begin to happen because something got loose and jealousy, really bad jealousy and hating other people, hating a brother or a sister or a family, family or friend or a neighbor or somebody else that's got a good job and maybe you don't. When you begin to resent and become envious and become jealous, it's a sickness. It makes us sick. Say sick? Shoot, yeah. It's exactly what happens. So can I ask you a question? Can I ask you a question? I mean, don't say nothing out loud. And you guys who are home, I certainly couldn't hear you anyway. But be honest. Are you the kind of person that can be happy with somebody else's new truck? 
and you didn't get one, or somebody else's promotion, and you didn't get one. You know what I'm saying? If you're that kind of person that can't be happy with somebody else's success, am I truly happy for the good things that somebody else experiences? Write that down. That is a good question. Oh, my little sister. Oh, my big brother. They're so smart. They get recognized all the time. Everybody just adores them. They have so many friends. They have so many opportunities. It doesn't have to be the Joseph coat of many colors kind of big family with 12 brothers. And Joseph was the one that was favored by his father and spoiled by his father and the other 11 resented. It doesn't have to be that. But if you're not careful and you have negative, envious attitude or feelings toward anyone, you can get stuck and it can make you sick on the inside like some kind of germ or virus or cancer. You start to get stinky. Say, stinky? <laughs> your mood. You're in a bad mood all the time. No wonder you're in a bad mood all the time because you're jealous. You're jealous of other people's success and happiness and joy and, and you don't have it. And so you, you're, it is. You just begin to stink up the place. You're stinky. Say stinky. <laughs> so come on. I mean, work with me here. We're not Jesus, and we're trying our best. But if you let your words get loose like an old car that's worn out its tires because you didn't take it in and get it lined up. and You ever tried to drive a car that was not lined up? Man, you turn your steering wheel this way and that way, and you can't find the middle of the road. Man, your wheel's going everywhere. You need ball joints and tie rods and new shocks and new straight. You need everything. Say everything? I've met people like that. They're just a mess. They can't walk out the door without messing something up and saying something negative, saying something like a complaint, saying something that's critical. They just can't. They've, they're just all out of line. Say, out of line? You need Jesus. Jesus lines us up. I mean, if every phone call and every conversation is the same, there's something wrong. If every time you start your car and try to drive to town and you're on both sides of the road, there's something wrong. You need an alignment. And in our relationships, people need alignment sometimes. So beware of those feelings before your bones begin to get sick and you begin to get stinky on the inside because you picked up something. Jealousy, envy, all bad. It's all bad. Here's another one. Very similar. I said there's only three words here, but they all go together. Another cause, very simple, like, like jealousy, is negativity. Write that down. Luke chapter 6. No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For out of the overflow of his heart, his mouth speaks. I said last weekend that your real problem, if you're a complainer, is your heart. 
That's the problem. You need to go see a doctor. And I don't mean a cardiologist. I mean a, a Jesus doctor. <laughs> That's the truth. You need to go see a Jesus doctor who can get your heart straightened up because, man, you are miserable, and everybody around you is miserable if you, if you don't get your heart straightened up. And so here's the second cause. Not only is it jealousy, but it's negativity, and it becomes our normal Everyday default, we're negative. We start with negativity before our feet hit the floor. Have you met people like that before they even got their eyes open? Now, the, everybody in the room, I wish you all could see at home, they're all nodding like this. That would never be me. They're going like, no, that would never be me. But we all know somebody. It is the truth. It's chronic. It is a really bad habit. We, it is one of those bad habits that you just get every day started by being a grumpy bear. You're negative. It could be Florida and sunshine, and we said, well, it's too hot now. You know, I'm just saying, you know, it didn't make it to 32 in Kentucky today. And, you know, we'd be lucky if tomorrow's 47. Well, I'd be really happy that it got to 47. But it doesn't take very long for all of it to say, Man, I wish it's 75. I say the same thing because we're just people. And if you're not careful, even at church, it, it begins to spill over here too. You know who I want to spend time with when I, when I show up here and you show up, whoever you are. And if you are watching online, you know who I want to call me or text me and communicate with me. You know who I really want? Happy people. Seriously, it's so much fun. It is so much fun to be with happy people. Now, how do you get happy? Some of it has to do with what I'm talking about in this series. Sometimes you need to zip it because you're never happy, and you need to work on your heart so Jesus can change your heart. Get a Jesus doctor who can really fix your heart and, and learn how to complain less and be less critical and then next week we'll talk about how we don't gossip about everybody as soon as they walk out of the room. That's another bad habit. Say, bad habit? Yeah, it is. So don't be a grumpy bear or you end up being one at church. You start to rant and rave about everything that's wrong in the world. Boy, we are good at it. I tell you. We are really, really good. Social media, our whole culture. The whole conversation. And and it's it is the world the devil's good, man, I tell you. He really is good. He stirs up a mess. And it usually starts with words. But that gets old if you rant and rave about everything. It wears everybody else out and you're gonna wear out your welcome mat with all your friends. Pretty soon they're just gonna look at you and say, Hey, I don't want to talk to you because you're wearing me out. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so if this is your standard pattern it's time that you have a heart check up you and Jesus Luke chapter 6 whatever is in your heart determines what you say look up there can you see it you got a heart issue you, you need to see a heart doctor not your cardiologist a Jesus doctor You may not have an issue with jealousy. You may say, hey, I'm happy for everybody. If my, if my neighbor had twins, if their cows have twins, heck, maybe they have twins every time. Maybe they got an old cow and she has twins every time. I'm happy as can be for them. 
Maybe jealousy is not your problem. But if you're a critical, negative person, okay, I'll, I'll confess here. I'll confess. It's a small group tonight. I need to make them all smile. I, Uncle Sam didn't help me any, but I probably, this is my nature. I am a bit of, okay, I'm a whole lot. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a pretty much a perfectionist. I like it done my way. <laughs> I like it done right. Brian's over here nodding his head like, Mom, see, I told you. That, I told you that's what he's like. I told you exactly that's what he's like. My wife tells me the same thing, <laughs> you know. I'll make the bed if while well, she's still in it if she's not careful, you know. So Uncle Sam told me I had to make a bed every morning, so and in and in my desire to do things well and do things with excellence, I honestly don't want to be when I leave this world, and we all will, and you guys come to my service and say, Man, he was a fine fellow. I hope you can say it in honesty and not like that guy was crazy. I mean, tell you, he, he, he made the bed with his wife still in the bed about every morning, I think. I heard him say it once in a sermon. So I hope that's not what you remember. So you get my point. And I'm trying to be funny. I am. But there really are people who have the gift of being negative, but there are also people who have the gift of being positive in every situation. And I want to be that kind of person. So here's the other Here's another little line. Don't be a De don't be a Debbie Downer, but try to help everybody be a cheerleader and look for something positive. Cheer people on rather than drag them down with negative comments. And if you can't find something positive, say just zip it. Don't say anything. Yeah, you guys are you agree. So jealousy, envy, negativity. Here's the last one. And. Uh, Teenagers are pretty good at this one. And it's not just teenagers. I'm not trying to pick on teenagers, but it, it teenagers are pretty good at this one. Sarcasm. I'm not envious of my sister or my brother. I'm glad they're doing really well in college or high school or middle school or, you know. Um, I'm not a very negative person. But boy, they own this sarcastic... <laughs> They're really good at sarcasm. Look at Ephesians chapter 5. Obscene stories, foolish talk, coarse jokes. These are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. What do I mean by sarcasm? Put downs. That's what I'm talking about. It's all over the culture that we live in. It's all a part of that. I mean, it's like everybody puts everybody else down. Like that dress makes you look fat. Or you got big feet. Are you big foot? Or I don't know. You know what I'm talking about. And they say it in jest. They say it, they say it to make it like I'm on Letterman show. You know, like I'm on the Johnny Carson show. So I'm, I'm supposed to be funny. But pretty soon when you find out they do it all the time, it's not funny. That's what happens. And people, have, you know, they, they use it that way because they can. They, it's, it's a bad habit. Sarcasm used that way is a bad habit. Put downs. Putting other people down at their expense so that you feel better somehow about your circumstances and situation. Uh, that's another area that we should stop. And teenagers and young people, 
I've got several notes here. I'm not going to read them about examples where young adults begin to feel um, depressed because everybody says they're ugly or everybody says they're skinny or fat or they're dumb. or And teen suicide is at an all-time high. All-time. Since COVID, teens are the number two people group. Number two. Teenagers. How does that happen? What I'm talking about. Put down is by their peers, peer groups, social media, posting, TikTok. Mm -hmm. If you've got kiddos, be careful. Be careful with them. Help them understand that your value doesn't come from how many people like you on social media. Your value comes from God who loves you. So do whatever you can. When criticism's gone bad, whoever you are, whatever age group, jealousy, negativity, sarcasm begin to chip away at the relationships that we want to have with people, and people matter most. Amen? This is good. I hope it helps. hope it helps us understand whether you're some kind of teenager in school and maybe you came from Mexico. Maybe you're not from America and maybe your mom and dad don't have their, you know, all their paperwork and maybe everybody in the class knows that you're not legal and I don't know. It could be that or maybe you're a black person and your mama was... You know, you're half black or you're half white or you're half Mexican or half Hispanic or your family was divorced or your dad was an alcoholic or maybe somebody in your family tree was gay or I don't know what it is, but I'm telling you, it could be just about anything. A horse thief or somebody who was dishonest and robbed a bank and went to jail or went to prison. Uh, if, if there's any category that the world can find to pick on you, they will. If there's any kind of category, the world will find what it is and label you with it. And they'll use sarcasm and put-downs. And we'll have to manage our words carefully or we'll end up following everybody else and do the same. So... Ask for wisdom. James chapter 1, verse 26. If anyone considers himself in a relationship with God and his church and with Jesus and is religious and yet does not keep a tight rein on his tongue, even if he goes to church and even if he's a leader in the church and even if he prays every day, if he doesn't keep a tight rein on his tongue, he deceives himself. And what he's doing is not useful, it's not helpful, it's not approved by God. James says it's worthless. So words coming out of our mouth each day, um, be careful because they have an impact that's long term and they really can uh, they really can mess things up with all of us bottom line here's the bottom line uh, our mission at journey is to lead people all age groups to become fully devo devoted followers of Jesus so we are trying to help people become a better version of themselves, of become uh, someone who gets their Jesus story started and surrendered, and we want to try to help lead people to do that, and then become disciples who make disciples and become fully devoted followers. 
So it's too important. It's too important in this kind of mission that we're and our words are too powerful that we that we're careless and risk damaging other people with our words. We need to be more careful and cautious and ask God to help us. That's the bottom line. Words that spill out are like a leaky roof. You can't just put a bucket. I'm telling you, you got to fix it. You can't just put buckets around the room. You got to fix it. A leaky roof, pretty soon it, it will spill over into the rest of your home and the rest of your life. So if you're a little bit jealous or envious of other people, if you're just a little tiny little bit, you got just a little drip, and you just got a little drip in your sink. It's not all bad yet. It's just dripping a little bit. Drip, drip, drip. Envy, jealousy. If if you just a little bit negative, like, you know, maybe your whole roof's not leaking. Maybe you don't need to replace the roof, but maybe it's just starting to leak in certain places that you see stains on the ceiling and they've been there for a while. You've hurt and injured people and you've stained some kind of friendship. You guys don't talk anymore. You don't have any connection anymore. Something happened. Yeah. Or maybe it is that you finally ran them off. You just finally ran them off because you kept putting them down. And now you lost a friend. Words are powerful. Let me get the Bible. We're going to take communion. Go ahead and pass those cups. Zip it. Zip it, he said. Zip it. It's uh, 647 on the clock. We got another song to sing. So we'll be done here in just a few minutes. So you guys who are home, if you're still there, won't you do this for me? Maybe you've never done this. Sitting there in your house by yourself, grab something. Grab a piece of bread, get the heel. I don't know. Get a piece of crust. Get something that is like the communion cracker. And get some kind of little communion cup to represent the blood of Jesus. It could be water. I've got a water sitting here. And I'm going to pray before we take this. And for you guys that are home but watching, if you're going to do this, let me say a prayer for you too. And here's what I want to say out of Mark chapter 14, 15, 16. I'm not going to read all that. But you should read it it's the part where it's the part where things begin to unravel for Jesus and his death the gospel mark is the shortest of the synoptic Matthew Mark and Luke gospel story of Jesus birth and his death John's a little different John doesn't start at the birth. He starts later and earlier. In the beginning was the Word. 
but Mark is the shortest of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And by the time we get to chapter 14, where he's about to be arrested and his life's going to come unraveled, he's going to be arrested. He's going to be captured and betrayed by his closest friends. He's going to be accused, falsely accused of all kinds of weird, crazy things that are not true. He's going to be physically abused and spit upon. He's going to be beaten, hit with clubs, hit with the people's fists, the back of their hand. And do you know, as he's standing before the guy who has the power to sentence him to death or let him go, it says Jesus remained silent. Oh, he had a lot to say, but he'd already said it. Yeah, 33 years old and three and a half years of ministry and putting together his team of disciples and followers who would watch and witness his death and then the miracle of his resurrection three days later, he'd said everything he came to say and then he didn't say anymore. There's a time for you and I to zip it. You don't need to say anything else. We are sinners and we are lost. Jesus rescues us. The bread. God, I am becoming an older man. And my life is being reviewed more frequently. And I have to admit, in my past, some of my far distant past, but even sometimes the recent past, my words have taken a turn in the wrong direction. I'm not Jesus, not even close, none of us are, but we're sure glad we're better than we used to be and we're closer to what you'd have us to be. So God, may you help us tonight to realize that we don't have to win every argument. We don't have to be right every time. Sometimes less is more, fewer words. If jealousy or envy or negativity or sarcasm are the only words we can find, God, will you close our mouth? Will you help us zip our 
mouth until we can again speak life-giving words bringing good news to people like us who struggle to even people who we may not even like may we try our best through your power in Jesus name amen drop your cup in the basket and you guys at home join us soon Easter's coming up next hope you can join us by then let's fill the place up put your gifts in the plate and uh, whatever you put in that jug we're going to buy pillowcases for some guys at Shady Lawn that'll be great so thank you thank you for listening let's do our best God is with us God bless you we love you let's sing a song